Praise God, praise God, praise God. All right, so thank you guys for being here tonight for our first episode of Real Life with Duke White. This is a show where we are uh, celebrating Christian culture uh, and honestly explaining Christian culture. Uh, we want to deal with some of the divisive to topics that are uh, dividing the body of Christ, but also a lot of misinformation about what's going on in the world today, you know, about, about Christian uh, Christianity. We want to show people that we are more than just going to church, that we are effective in everyday life. We are from serving, you know, food to, uh, you know, single mothers overcoming things. There are people, you need people of God praying. Uh, you need the people of God being who they are. Uh, because if it wasn't for God, there would be people like me out on the streets. And without God, we don't want to see where that goes. Uh, but, but because of God, we, have, we can practice restraint. Because of God, you know, he gets to us in, in our broken places. And so we want to celebrate the things that God is doing in our lives, uh, that God does on a day-to-day -day basis. And so, and we also want to show that we're not a bunch of kooks. Uh, that's a big, that's a big thing. Because people think, oh, you know, how can you believe in this God? You know, why not, I think they call it the spaghetti monster or something. Why, why not believe in the spaghetti monster? So the idea is to show people in reality. That's why it's called Real Life with Duke White. Because we want to show people what God is doing in reality. That this is not a figment of our imagination. And most importantly, that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so, uh, certain topics, uh, one of the things I'm, I'm, the way I'm designing the show is to honestly, uh, deal with where the influences are, what, what the influences. So we're trying to deal with the different influences. But before we get into the show, I want to say a special thanks to, uh, certain people who helped out. We had a kiosk. We had a store in the mall, uh, in Greenbrier Mall in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And there were a lot of people that helped out there. So I want to thank you guys. I want to thank Janet Garcia, Howard Martell, uh, Stephen, I, I always say your name, Stephen Ebay. Stephen Ebay. I always want to say Ibea because it's I B E H. And I want to say Ibea so bad, but it's Ebay. Uh, and then the worst part about it is when I say it right, then it comes to me like, oh yeah, I clearly, you can clearly see that. You know, and then of course, Bonnie. <laughs> Bonnie Howard's wife. She's like, you better say me. You know, uh, so, um, but I, but I want to get this, the show started because, um, we got some very serious things to talk about. Uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about today is the music industry, uh, but not in the secular sense. This, we have two topics for each show. There's an entertainment, kind of like a social topic, and then there's what we call the hard topic. Uh, and so this social topic that we're talking about is just entertainment, uh, music, the music industry, but not from the secular side. Like I said, we're talking about celebrating Christian culture. We want to get uh, on the inside of the music industry. So we have international guests, uh, international recording artist, Earl Bynum here with us. Give it up for Earl Bynum. He's here. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, so when, uh, so this brother is an amazing man of God. He's, uh, done things that he set the path for a lot of people. And so, uh, one of the issues that we, we, we've got to learn how to do it. One of the things that I found is a big mistake is sometimes we'll want people to come who we love to worship. We want them to come and worship with us, but we don't get to learn about them. And so this is, uh, I wanted to take an opportunity instead of saying, Hey, can you come up here and sing and worship with them? Like, Hey man, it's time for people to know who you are. And he actually, uh, he actually decided he was, yeah, I'll come. And she's, he actually has his son and his grandson with him. So you guys come on up. Let's do this thing. Let's get this show started. Uh, so, so this is going to be an amazing show. Um, he also has a new album out coming out. 
Oh, it's already out. <laughs> it's already out. All right, so let's get this thing started. One of the things that uh, we're going to do when we talk about this, we're giving the viewers, uh, you out there in TV land, we want to give you, if you are a gospel artist, we want to give you some insight on what to do, the do's and don'ts. Uh, but first, we're going to get to know Earl Bynum. All right, what's going on, man? Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, brother, for being here. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering about the stick, it's none of your business. All right. So, <laughs> so there's that. So, um, so let's first let's start with this new album. Yes. Uh, where, when you're writing your music, right, where are you really writing from? Are you writing from a biblical perspective or your personal journey? Where, where is it coming from? Sometimes it's both. It just depends on the moment and the season I'm in. Uh, what's going I'm on. trying to figure out why he doesn't have a microphone. Hold on one second. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get him his mic. <laughs> no. Oh, no. This show, this show is going to be exactly like the radio show, just as tacky as it can be. No, this, is, this is how we do it. This is, this is real life. So my fault on forgetting you guys. The mic. You guys are good? All right, so yeah, it is real life. So I was asking you about the, uh, where, you, where you're writing from. Where is that coming from? Well, it, it just depends on the moment where I am at the time. Uh, it, it can be biblical, um, and it could be real life. It just depends on the moment and the yeah. season I'm in. Now, uh, I'm trying to slow down because I know that there's, you've accomplished so much. Like, by the way, this is the 50th year for the Dove Awards, and... Earl Bynum is the first gospel artist from Virginia to be nominated. <laughs> you know, and you see why I'm talking about we need to celebrate each other. We need to celebrate because, you know, if, if we don't, we, we, we have these jewels that God has blessed us with. And this is an amazing accomplishment. Uh, and you are one of these artists that challenge people. To I, I saw one of your music videos, and I thought, wow, like you, you're a great storyteller in your music. Uh, it, it, where do you get that from? Is it from like, uh, you know, seeing what people are going through and then you kind of absorb it and try to see things from their perspective? Sometimes it is. There's a song called Open My Heart that I did. And uh, that was written based on people, family, life. Um, and, and it tells a story in itself. Well, I, I want to ask you this because for people who are trying, they, they feel like they have a good voice, but they're trying, they're struggling with the writing process. What could you say to them? Because I know you have your own record label, and I know you offer that wisdom that you have. And what's the name of your record label? L. Ray Entertainment. L. Ray Entertainment. All right, guys, if you are a gospel artist, L. Ray Entertainment, make sure you get that L. Just Earl spelled backwards. <laughs> That's smart. I saw that. I knew that. I knew. I totally saw that. Not at all. Not at all. But but so so uh, you you decided you wanted to open the doors for other people. Yes. What made you not just be focused on your own success? Well, the music industry has shifted so much, and uh, being in the music industry and being in it for so long, um, understanding the process, and you can't trust everybody. And a lot of times, you have people with good hearts, mm -hmm. but they get taken advantage of. Uh, yes. A lot of times, we focus on the stage presence and performance, but not the ministry of the heart. Are we talking about the gospel industry? Yes, of course. People being taken advantage of in the gospel industry. Always. Always. Where there is money. You know what I mean? That's, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, always. 
so you so so in this process you're not just talking to artists about their music you're also trying to guide them through the yeah, industry yeah, because really it's about lifestyle as well so even with my son he he wanted to be an artist so I said, okay, we're going to start a label and we're going to make this happen. And so he's my <laughs> first artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the label. And right. And excited about him and his journey and what he's doing. Yeah, so uh, that, well, how do you feel about that? You know, uh, first of all, these are some big shoes to fill. You know what I mean? Uh, but how do you feel about being an artist on your father's label? And is, and is it hard to listen to his wisdom? Or does he, yeah. does he still just get the belt out? I don't care if you're grown. <laughs> all the above. <laughs> Like I, I used to, I used to beat you. Now I won't pay you. <laughs> I mean, it's a great experience, but also it's you know um, there's creative differences and and whatnot. That's a good way to put it. You know, I'm still uh, developing who I am, and you know, even though he is my father, um, you know, I still have my ideas and my my thoughts and dreams of what I want to be and how right. I want to get there. So, you know, we have to compromise. So, you know, there's times where there's tension and different things. And, you know, we bring those uh, issues to the table, we talk about them, and then we move forward. But, um, I mean, it's great, though. Is that what we're calling it? Talking, we talk about them. <laughs> well, I said no! <laughs> That's what it, we're going to call it talking. <laughs> no, but I get that. I get it. I get it. Because when you're doing that creative self, it's like, I, I totally get it. I've watched a lot of movies about that. <laughs> no, but uh, one of the things that I wanted to, to ask you, and maybe both of you guys can answer this, is that obviously through time, I mean, I think you got like four, like you've been doing this for like 20 years, man. And, uh, and, and you've seen music change. How important is it to, I don't want to say keep up, but do you have to evolve with the music? Because I know, well, listen, guys, whatever genre you're in, if you're, if you're whatever genre, oh, they're saying hold up the mic too. Okay. But whatever genre you're in, okay, uh, be proud of that genre. How, however, there's a reality that if you want albums to sell, you have to have a certain amount of relevancy. Uh, and I told you on the phone that I was going to ask you about that because I hear some of the criticism that gospel artists get from Christians. And one of those is like, oh, it, it shouldn't be a business. It shouldn't be there. You shouldn't use tactics. Yeah, go ahead, dude. Go for, go for it. He was like, me, me. <laughs> um, as far as people saying that, you know, I, I really feel like the people that say that are the people that are not in it, the people that don't have to, you know, maneuver and uh, sing and whatnot and minister. So to them, it's just, oh, well, you should do this for your part and blah, 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 blah. And that is the truth. You know, we do give God reverence and we sing to him and you know we give him our hearts but also you know it's a ministry and he allows us to have that gift in order for us to bring income into our homes to be able to take care of ourselves it's not about you know just singing trying to get money and think different things like that that's not what ministry is about but if you are doing ministry for the lord i feel like he will provide and he's giving you a gift to where you can sing and minister to the people that God has put before you and talk about your life as a testimony and the things that you've gone through and the things that you deal with in earnest truth. And he will allow men to give into you, to sow into you as far as income, different things like that. Um, as far as evolving, I mean, I don't know if you guys uh, pay attention to any R&B. Um, I do. And so one of the R&B artists that I've watched over the years, uh, her name is Mary J. Blige, and she evolves, I would say, uh, like every seven years, she switches it up. 
And I really believe that has led to the longevity of her career because she continues to grab new fans every time she evolves, but yet keeps her old fans. And so that's what I see my dad doing. If you look at the hair, you know. <laughs> he doesn't really like it. It's a disguise you know, to fit in. <laughs> you know, when he first did it, I was just like, what is going on? But my thing is, I've watched him, you know, over time just continue to evolve. And to the point where, you know, for a very long time, you know, I would just say, oh, that's my brother. Because <laughs> I got tired of trying to... Say, so, oh, that's my dad, and oh, can we see your license? And different, and, you know, it just got to be. Can we see your license? It just got to be to a point where you know people don't believe his age and different things. But him evolving, he he still has held on to his roots, but yet he's still grabbing the young folks as well. So let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, where do you come from in musically? Who who were uh, some of your influences? Well, you know, my mom and dad, first of all. Uh, my mom sang, my dad sang, and uh, both of them early in life were a part of groups, and they traveled across the country. So I traveled with my mom some weekends, my dad some weekends, and it just been. So that started it all. Uh, and then watching those in gospel music and Christian music from the likes of the Amy Grants to the James Cleavers. I yeah. Mean, it was like, wow, you know. So, and I had the opportunity to get both sides. Yeah. Gospel and Christian. So... Uh, that was really uh, the key for me, and then the Hawkins with Edwin Hawkins with Oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know the late Thomas Whitfield. Some I mean I know him, but such a great writer. So that was my influence. Yeah. Do Do you believe that uh, in this particular generation that we kind of just go forward and then not look back? Because I, I sometimes I. I I can't believe that I'm in a place where, like, I'm old enough to say, you know, in my day, you know, what I mean, I, I, never, I never thought that that was coming, but, but I, I remember there was a, there in my day, my, when I was my younger years, I remember listening to the the music of my parents and appreciating where they came from, and it seems like in this generation, it's kind of like, let's just focus on where we're going. How important do you think it is for the, the next generation? to appreciate the foundation and, and, and music where we come from. I mean, I think it's very important. The reality is that it doesn't happen as often or uh, as much as it should. Um, the millennials, and I can... I didn't want to say that. ...can be considered a millennial. You know, I'm right there on the line or whatnot. Um, they have a, a different mindset. And so, you know, it's kind of disappointing because it's all about, you know, what's now, what's now. And the thing is, you can't, you didn't get to where you were, you know, just by now. There's people that have paved the way, whether it be music, civil rights, whatever it may be, for you to be able to do the things and have the freedoms and the liberties that you have. And so I, I see a lot of millennials that don't tend to reach back. Um, I happen to have, or just to know what was back there, I happen to have a, a conversation with some coworkers and, um, there were a young set of co-workers, and so they were talking about singers, R&B singers. And so, you know, they were talking about R&B singers and rappers, and they were talking about who was famous to them and different things, and, you know, who was sold the most and blah, blah, blah. And so another co-worker brought up Tony Braxton. <laughs> and so uh, one yeah. of the younger millennials was like, well, the only reason why we know her is because of Braxton Family Values, which is a TV show. Well, yeah, actually. yeah. So it just it goes to show you the the immaturity <laughs> and the ignorance, whether it's you know conscious or unconscious, 
that, you know, certain people have, you know, to say that I'm not trying to make this about Toni Braxton, but just this not know your history about who she is and what she's done, just different things like that. And we deal with a lot of that. Well, I deal with a lot well, of that. Well, you know, you brought, you, 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 bring, you brought up uh, the R&B community. Do, do you think, like, how do you feel about uh, Christian musicians getting influences from the secular world, or, or is it just music is music? I think. Yeah, yes, fight! This, this is good ratings. Let's go. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think music is music. Yeah. Um, it depends on the type of music you listen to. Uh, but music influences people. So I think as a creative person, you ought to listen to everything and then hear the heart of God from what you've heard. Right. And right. then create something that is wonderful and lovely to his ears. Yeah. You've actually influenced. Uh, a lot of people in different ways that you don't even know. Actually, we have somebody here that wants to say something to you. Uh, they've been waiting a long time to say something to you about what you've done in their life and for them. Uh, this is Pastor Moses David. <laughs> and I wanted to bring him up first because he has uh, influenced so many people. Go ahead, scoot down for a moment. Uh, and he actually wants to say something to you, so I thought this would be a great opportunity. Absolutely. Um, Yes, sir. Um, I don't know if you remember, it was years ago. Um, it was at Zion Baptist Church in Hampton, 1992. And you were directing Ebony Impact. Yes. For those who don't know Ebony Impact, that's Old Dominion University's choir. Yeah. <laughs> and at this time, um, I believe I was like 16 or 17 years old. And um, somewhere around there. And, um, it was a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> Very long. But, however, I remember showing up to that. That was actually my church, my parents' church. Okay. So I um, would attend there at this time in my life, you know, being made to attend. You know, back then, right. you didn't have a choice <laughs> to go to church. Right. If your parents was going, you was going to. Uh, <laughs> days was, they, they've changed now, but... I remember um, attending there regularly, and that night there was something that were, they were having for the youth. And um, my girlfriend at the time knew about this. I didn't even know that they were having it. Wow. So she told me, I think we should go. And I was like, all right, let's go check it out and see what they're doing. And I'll never forget that night, I was sitting, we were sitting in the back, and just being honest, we were back there fussing and arguing. Mad just being teenagers. And church people. That's what, that's, that's what we do. in the back, just heated conversation to the point at times some of the elders was turned around. And I, I remember just being very, very angry. I was at a time in my life, man, where a lot was going on. Um, also, I was in a very um, popular group back when, you know, singing groups was in. So we was that dancing, singing guy group. And uh, we were actually at the hands at that time of Teddy Riley. We just won his his um, contest that he had at Virginia okay. Beach. Okay. Well, he was scouting, so we got to go in the studio, all these things, and um, was headed in that path to, to go secular music. And um, I remember that night when it was getting real heated and we were talking. <laughs> I really wasn't paying any miles. I mean, I'm getting out of here. Let's go. Like, this, I'm done. You know what I mean? That whole feel of, you know, what teenagers do. And man, you guys started singing. 
and y'all y'all were singing this song called it was toward the end of the the uh, service, and y'all were singing a song called "Come Home." Oh yeah. <laughs> you remember that song? Yeah, I, I remember it vividly because I remember while you guys were singing, it started piercing my heart. But it was funny because I was getting even more angry <laughs> because of what I was feeling, and I didn't want to feel that. I wanted to stay mad. <laughs> right. I, I live there. I live in that place. Okay. <laughs> and the anger kept coming out and being released, being released. To the point, honestly, by the time her and I were going back and forth, all I knew is I was walking down the aisle and my eyes was filled with so much tears that I could barely see. And there wasn't even an altar call given. I was just responding to the words of the song. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, man, but I got down to the end and instantly my hands went up. I had never experienced this before in my life. I didn't even know anything about this. I didn't know this is what you do, anything. Neither, apparently, the church really didn't know anything about this. <laughs> Just to be honest with you, they didn't do this kind of worship. But y'all brought that worship in the house. And I remember my hands going up, and I started just praising, and instantly filled with the Holy Ghost, started speaking in tongues. I mean, just, I got the whole thing, like, all in one moment, changed my life forever, man. I, I remember, then the whole choir just went on. You had choir members hanging over them. <laughs> I mean, it was just what, it, it was like a Tyler Perry. I hate to say it. That's just what it, it was like a Tyler Perry moment movie at the end. It was, it was that. Now, I, what, was, what? Like, is, is that what you're aiming at? Or do you like, because a lot of artists are trying to create that, but this, you really come from a place when you, I've seen you really, uh, like, like, it's almost like the audience vanishes and you really focus on God. Like, you, you go in. Is, is, what do you say to somebody who's just like saying, hey, I want to get in the gospel industry? Do you, do you have to guide them and let them know, hey, this is still ministry? Business is the format, the vehicle that we use, but this is still ministry. Do you have to do that? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I actually have a conference for independent Christian artists. Uh, next year will be 10 years, so I do it every July. And that focus is of that conference, their next step. We know you have the record. Now let's, let's focus on us yeah. as we focus on the business. So when you step on the stage, the people will see the Jesus in you. It's very important. It's so important. Uh, I know the story. We, we, yeah, yeah. we, we traveled yeah. across country. Uh, this December, we'll be doing our 22nd world tour in Europe. Right. So we go to Italy, and we were there about three years ago, and we're singing. And, of course, the language barrier... But they loved gospel music, so we continued to sing the gospel music, Christian music. And this man came to the stage and he threw this paper on the stage, like a piece of paper. So we're still singing. So after the concert, we grabbed the paper and it said, how do I get to know your Jesus? Those moments are sad. Come on, come on. God is faithful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for you, uh, you have more of a, so you're definitely more from a gospel contemporary Christian side, for gospel music contemporary. Uh, 
and you have that dynamic. You're doing more of the R&B type of gospel. Is that, <laughs> is that correct? Um, I mean, it just depends on how you look at it. Um, I am, I'm doing that, but I'm also, I would say, I am a conscious. I am a, a by gift, I'm an R&B singer that does gospel that sings CCM. Gotcha. No, I get it. I get it. I don't know why I get it, but I totally get it. No, because there's so many layers. There's so many layers, uh, and and uh, I hate the way sometimes my, the way my mind works because I merge things that just confuse people when you try to explain them. Like, and, but right now I'm thinking about my earth science class when it talks about elements, <laughs> elements, and like I'm like, oh, that that's that stuff, and then people are like, what? But but uh, no, I get it because you, you have that creative. This is what I do believe is that it is like an avalanche where you know, uh, you know we we are we influence one another as people, uh, and as time goes we're going to get more influence and I think that music is something that's so pure you know I remember thinking to myself uh, that you know black people listen to this music white people listen to this music you know and then when we yeah exactly you find out you know you talk to a white person like man you don't know who James Brown is like what like you know white people watch the Cosby show I did not know that you know what I mean? It was a, Crystal told me that. Crystal, you know, he was like, "What?" You know, it's, it's funny that you said that because you know, you're talking about Caucasian people <laughs> um, and you know what they like and different things. Like, I love country music, and so exactly, I love country, country music, and I and love tell, opera. Tell them who my favorite artist is: Barbara Streisand. So like I, I love different music. I like music that edifies, that you know, stimulates and encourages. I don't care what it, who, what style it is, as long as it encourages me to, you know, feel something better or to, to you know, just be happy. That yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, and it's it's such a shame to see people take something as beautiful and important to us as music and use it to create division. Yeah. Like, that's such a shame because it's such a beautiful tool. And I'm also not just talking about racial. I'm also saying ageism, too. Because we were we were having a conversation about how our parents like to say, your music's not real music. And then, you know, we listen to good love music. And then you go listen to some Marvin Gaye and find out, hey, yeah. I say, I say that to some of the coworkers now, you know, the young ones. I'm like, I just don't understand. Like, it's not, it's not, to me, it's not music. They're not even singing. They're just talking, and it's just like a beat. Hello, everybody, and you're watching Real Life with Duke White on ComingSoonJesus.org. Uh, we wanted to tell you about the Artist of the Month. The Artist of the Month is Bread of Stone. It's a wonderful Christian rock group. You got to support them. They have wonderful uh, material that you can support if you want to help them out. You know, what you're, when you support them, you're helping them do wonderful things across the country. Across the country. Actually, across the globe, to be totally honest with you. So make sure you support Bread of Stone. Go to breadofstone.com. Have them come to your church or your gospel event or whatever you guys are doing. You want Bread of Stone there. These guys are amazing. See you soon. The coast is clear. There was only shadows I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, make sure you continue to send your support. Make sure you continue to, to get the Coming Soon Jesus shirt. Buy it for your grandma. Buy it for your friend. Uh, help us share the gospel. We want to make sure that everyone in every state 
has the Coming Soon Jesus shirt every week. If you have a Bible, you need to have the Coming Soon Jesus shirt. We want every believer to have a shirt. Uh, tune into our radio show on yes. CurrentFM.com. CurrentFM.com. And we are so excited about the Duke um, Real Life with Duke White show that um, is going to be airing um, every week. And we hope that you tune in every week. Yeah. Support us and um, be blessed. Yeah, yeah, be blessed. What you see. We love you guys. Make sure you check us out. If you want to keep up with us, what's going on constantly, just go to uh, the Coming Soon Jesus t-shirts page on Facebook. Yes. See you guys soon. We love you. Bye.